Hey everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, we have a very fun episode that is a little bit different than the rest. So I had on Mind Body Green's other resident beauty expert, Jamie Schneider. I decided to have her on first so you can get to know her a little bit better. If you read this site, you have certainly seen her byline. So now get to know the writer behind it. But I also wanted to get you all up to speed on our newest personal care collection, which we started rolling out at the end of the year. I'll definitely get into more of the details throughout the episode, so I will save all of that information for our conversation. But basically, I just wanted to spend some time explaining the products to you guys and why we decided to create a personal care collection. And finally, we decided to close out the episode by answering a few questions that we've been getting lately. We think it's a super fun way to kick off the new year on the right beauty foot. So let's go ahead and get into it. Jamie, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on today. Obviously, you are my partner in beauty crime, and I could not do my job without you. And not only that, but I just, I love all of your beauty content and beauty advice, and you have such great taste in products. So I can't wait to have this chat today just to hear what you're into lately and let our audience get to know you a little bit better. Obviously, for anybody who's listening who reads our beauty content, you are probably very familiar with Jamie's byline. She is a prolific writer in all of things beauty, as well as our wellness and health sections. And she does a lot with Jason's podcast. So you've definitely seen her name on our site plenty of times. And This will just be a fun way where we can get to know you a little bit better and go over some exciting stuff that has been up at Mind Body Green lately. So let's go ahead and get into it. I want to hear your story and how you ended up at Mind Body Green. Obviously, I know a little bit about it, but I I want to hear a little bit more about what drew you to us and what drew you to the website and why you wanted to join the team. Yeah, of course. So. I've always loved writing and I originally wanted to work in fashion. I was writing for a fashion magazine in college and I actually did write some wellness content, but mostly fashion at that magazine. And I interned at a showroom in New York one summer, which made me fall in love with the city. I knew I always wanted to move here. And then I was an editorial fellow at Covetor where I was still writing about fashion, but was working under the beauty editor there. She was like my supervisor there. So that opened my eyes to everything beauty. And I was able to really get a sense of how beauty editorial worked and understanding ingredients and trend reporting and assisting on shoots and all of that. And I was just a literal sponge soaking up all of the information I could. And that made me realize how dynamic beauty was as an industry. And that's just how I knew it. That was where I wanted to be. So fast forward, I graduated school and moved to New York pretty much immediately and was writing some freelance beauty pieces for a couple of outlets for a little bit and then came across the Mind Body Green position. I I was a fan. I was a reader. And I really 
appreciated my buddy Green's authority in the wellness space and how the content takes these really dense and science forward topics, but makes it super digestible and conversational. I really respected that. And the position, it wasn't for the beauty vertical specifically, but wellness and beauty have have always had this sort of natural marriage. And I thought, okay, I really respect the brand and I do like writing about wellness as well. It seems like a good fit. I'm excited to just see where this goes and who knows, maybe I can help out the beauty editor down the line. And I think as soon as I met you, Alex, I was like, hi, I'm Jamie. I love beauty. Beauty is my thing. I I remember that. I think you absolutely did. You were like, I'm a beauty gal. And I said, welcome, Jamie. Get on my team. (laughs) And so it kind of happened that way. And now working here for over two years, I, I just appreciate even more how smart our audience is, especially in the beauty section. Like people don't necessarily come to us for every new product drop or celebrity news hit, but more for a critical, thoughtful lens about the beauty as a whole. And I just love that. So obviously you got into the beauty space when you were interning and in school and, you know, you have since um, developed, you know, so much knowledge in the space, but how did you get interested in the concept of beauty? Like, were you always a beauty gal growing up? Like, were you into makeup and skincare and hair care? Like, did you have any inkling there? So this probably comes as no shock to you because I'm the resident makeup girl here. But I have always loved playing with makeup. And when I started middle school, I remember it was the peak of makeup tutorials on YouTube. They were huge. Those were like the OG beauty influencers. And I would come to school in full looks, obviously, (laughs) eyeliner and shadow palettes. And I I remember my favorite palette had this one pastel purple, like ridiculous shadow that was my neutral. I wore it so much. And so I've always loved that expression and creativity with beauty. And then as I grew up, I learned to appreciate how beauty is functional too and how skin health is a reflection of your internal health. And I was fascinated by that and that got me interested in more the science behind it and the ingredients. And I think when I started to become more curious about it is when I started struggling with acne myself, which didn't happen until my 20s. Actually, growing up, I had very unproblematic skin. So thought I was in the clear, didn't really think about it. And then the breakouts came up and we're like, hey, we're here. We're late. Sorry, but we're here. But by then I had a taste of the beauty industry and beauty reporting and was already interested in the science behind skincare. So instead of blasting my skin with whatever product I could find, I was able to think, okay, what is really going to help my skin right now? What ingredients should I be using? What else is going on in my life, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that's how I, I really just got interested in skin health in general. So how did you come to appreciate the clean and natural beauty space? Was that something that you learned over time? Was there a moment that you realized that you like aligned more with the clean and natural space? Like where do you fall on that spectrum? I feel like there wasn't one aha moment for me. I I feel like it happened really gradually. Obviously in middle school, it wasn't like I was reading ingredient lists of my eyeshadow palettes, but I think I am a curious person and 
when I started getting interested in skincare ingredients, I would want to know what I was putting on my skin. And it wasn't like I had any personal knowledge or anything, but I do think everyone has their own standard of what they're going to put on their skin. And now that I do know a lot about ingredients, I can sort of make that call for myself. And then, of course, once in a while, I do want to use a makeup brand that's not quote unquote clean, but I love. I'm not going to restrict myself from doing that. Just like I wouldn't restrict myself from having dessert or junk food every now and then, even though I know it's not the best for me in that moment. No, totally agree. I also... I'm a writer, so I love stories and I, I love telling stories and listening to stories. And I feel like a lot of clean and natural brands often come with these really beautiful stories that are formulated with such care. Like, for example, maybe someone who used a natural ingredient in their family for decades or someone who had really sensitive skin that couldn't find anything that worked for them. There are just all these narratives that really add to the experience and I was really drawn to that. And I found that a lot with clean and natural brands. I never thought about it from that perspective, but I think that's such a beautiful way to look at it just because, you know, the story behind why you're using something in the product itself, you know, there's there's a lot of intention with that. And if you are a thoughtful and, and intentional person, you know, having that background and those stories and and those traditions, like that's really lovely to connect with. Yeah, I, I do think I'm just naturally drawn to those stories as well. And I love talking to people about them, which is also, I think, why I, I love writing about beauty as well, because you really you get to hear those stories straight from the source. And, you know, the last thing that I wanted to to pick your brain on before we get into the other parts of uh, this episode, I want to know your beauty routine. Obviously, you are a makeup gal, so I definitely want to hear what you've been using there. But I, I'm also so curious, you know, what what are you using for skincare and hair care right now? Yeah. So at night, I'll use Youth to the People Superberry Cleansing Balm if I'm wearing makeup. I'm obsessed with it. It leaves my skin really, really soft. And then I'll follow that with the cleanse. I really love Tatcha's cleansers. They're really, really nice and high quality. And then after the cleanse, I will use Peach and Lily's Glass Skin Serum, which is a cult favorite, and I really have been loving it. It has niacinamide. And some nights I'll also use Grown Alchemist Instant Smoothing Serum, which has hyaluronic acid, just if I want a little more hydration. And my under eyes are super, super dry, so I feel like an eye cream helps me take that extra time to moisturize there. So I really like Savor Beauty's caviar eye cream. It's really, really hydrating. And for moisturizers, I, I kind of flip. I love Glow Recipe's new hyaluronic cream. And the texture is so bouncy and makes my skin look really glowy. And texture is huge for me. So I really like the feel of this one. And then I also love Tatcha's Indigo Cream, which is mm -hmm. super balmy and hydrating, but it doesn't feel too thick. So I like to use it when I just need a little extra moisture. I don't want to feel like I'm piling something on my skin. And then once a week, I'll do the polishing peel from Alpen Beauty. It it really puts in the work and brightens my skin, but it it is strong. So I only use it once a week. And then in the morning, I cleanse. I love Indie Lee's Brightening Cleanser right now. And for a treat, if I have a little more time in the morning, I'll use Mara's enzyme cleansing oil 
And what I've been doing is you can leave it on as a mask for a few minutes and then hop in the shower and the steam will activate the chemical reaction and you wash it off. And then that leaves me really glowy in the morning when I have more time. And then I'll use a vitamin C serum. I love Hyperskins. I just ran out of it actually, but I find that is really, really good for dark spots. But I've also been loving Beauty Counters All Bright Serum, which has turmeric extract and you can literally smell it in the formula and it's bright yellow and it's it's really good. I've been liking that. I'll also use the Grown Alchemist Serum in the morning for hydration and I will flip between the Glow Recipe Moisturizer again. And then I also love Indie Lee's brightening cream as well. I love that brightening cream. Yeah. And then for sunscreen, I really like the Pets Mineral SPF 50, which is super, super hydrating. It has squalane and glycerin and it's for babies. So that's when you know it's really gentle. And for makeup, I I really do swear by Kosas Revealer Concealer. I know a few of, of the guests here have I mentioned it. It really is a fan favorite for sure. Fan favorite, as is the Ilia Mascara Limitless Lash, which I'm all time best. I don't wear foundation usually, but if I do want more coverage, I'll use a tinted sunscreen. I like the one from MD Solar Sciences. And then I'll use blush. I'm such a blush person. I love Tata Harper's, all of her cream blushes, which I know you love as well. And Tower 28 has really nice ones. And I really like the cheek slime from Freck Beauty as well. It goes a long, long way. So I only need a little tap and it, it really covers a lot of surface area. So I love that. Yeah, I feel like you really called the cream blush trend gosh what was that like a few months ago now and I I feel like one all of the makeup artists that I talk to whether it be for stories or even on here everybody just you know they they wax poetic that you know blush is really the product of the moment and and I also feel like all these brands are coming out with just such beautiful cream blushes and I think you're so spot on when you call that cream blush just feels so like of the moment and lively. And it's like kind of that like pop of color that we all need to, you know, feel more joyous. Certainly in January, I I definitely need to remind myself to put on blush. Otherwise, I look absolutely like lifeless. So, so I'm definitely a blush girl, too. You I, I was a blush girl before you you definitely pushed it on me but now I'm like for sure like bona fide cream blush girl so I'm, I'm on the train so listen we we obviously have a new and a growing personal care line here at mind body green and it has it is something that has been in the works for quite some time basically two years and we we love the products that we have out, the body lotion and the hand cream and the just launched lip balm. And we have some exciting stuff in the works down the line that I can't wait to fold into the collection. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it and get all of the juicy details from you to start. I know that it's all about the skin barrier and the microbiome, but can you elaborate on why we decided to make that the focus of the personal care line? Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny because I think that 
the skin microbiome has become so top of mind in the beauty space, especially in the pandemic, given we are all washing our hands so much and using hand sanitizer and so focused on hygiene, which is a good thing and a necessary thing. I, you know, I always want to make that caveat. But, you know, it is something that can have a negative effect on your skin microbiome if you don't take proactive steps to to support your barrier. And and so that's kind of a little bit of the thought process behind why we dove so heavily into the microbiome. But, you know, when we started this collection, we weren't in the pandemic. You know, we we started it just before March 2020, basically. And we had already started percolating these ideas about the skin microbiome and about barrier support and barrier strength. And th- why we focused on it even before the skin microbiome became even of more importance was because, you know, we were seeing this general trend in beauty. And it's a trend that I still see that, you know, really focuses on over exfoliation and doing too much and using like a billion products and, you know, uh, just constantly swapping in and out really potent and strong and harsh ingredients. You know, whether that is in a really abrasive scrub on your body or, you know, using a a chemical exfoliator that has, you know, 10% of a BHA or, you know, using a face peel and then immediately putting on a retinol or, you know, using really harsh sulfates in the shower to get that sudsy lather that people uh, connect with. You know, so it's like really all of these things that we that we have been seeing in the beauty industry for for several years. and. It, what we saw, it's it's taking such an effect on our skin barrier health because it's really stripping away that, that moisture layer, that lipid layer. It is stripping your skin of its natural oils and its natural squalene and its natural hyaluronic acid and its natural ceramides. You know, all of those things that your skin naturally produces. And it's it's obviously disrupting your microbiome. Your microbiome is, it's a very it's a resilient thing, but it's a very delicate thing in the fact that it, it can become disrupted with with harsh, harsh ingredients or too many products or, you know, even like water can throw it off. And so basically, as we were just seeing just this huge movement of and beauty that that basically was telling the consumer, like, you just you need to do all of these things to your skin. And in the hopes that you would do all of these like 20 products in a day that you would have better skin, we saw the reverse actually happen. People were sensitizing their skin. They they were developing problems that, you know, they hadn't experienced before, like ruddiness, like inflammatory skin conditions, like acne, you know, all of these things that we have seen a consistent and constant rise in the general population we can really, you know, a part of that we can definitely attribute to the beauty industry and the ways that it pushes too many products on the consumer and unnecessary products. And so because we had seen this, we really thought, you know, we want to pare things down and we really want to focus on healing and supporting the barrier. And and the best way to do that is with beautiful, well-formulated, simple, sensorially appealing in high quality products that are made with lipids, botanical lipids, you know, things that are going to really like feed your skin's lipid layer. Um, it's 
going to contain things like antioxidants because, you know, your skin needs antioxidants to fight off free radicals, to fight on environmental stressors, to even deal with internal inflammation. You know, your skin has the ability to help with all of those things if it's given adequate antioxidants. And then, of course, the the postbiotic and the prebiotic part, which is going to help your skin microbiome by feeding the bacteria and the organisms that naturally live on your skin the things that it needs to thrive and to and to remain in a state of homeostasis. And so that was really the intention of why we wanted to go in to this area because, you know, we saw a problem, we saw the beauty industry exacerbating that problem. And we said, you know, we can create something that people can use daily that can really help their skin heal itself. And, and we just thought that was a really beautiful message. And, you know, we also, we have such a beautiful and dedicated following here at My Buddy Green. And we saw people come to us and take our surveys and respond to our our Instagram, you know, polls and reach out to us directly. And, you know, everybody was having these questions about, like, why is my skin so sensitive? Why is my skin so dry? You know, why am I having these reactions to to even the most basic products? And, you know, we really thought to ourselves, you know, we have this audience that trusts us and listens to us and are hungry for solutions for their dry and sensitive and irritated skin. And we can help them come up with a solution. And it really made sense in this really organic way. And, you know, obviously we have the supplement line and that is such a core part of MBG. We believe in healing yourself internally and the next step of that was healing yourself externally. And that's kind of how it all came together. And since then, you know, we've we've really just put in so much work to create something that that felt beautiful and nurturing. And I, I definitely think we did. I'm so proud of, you know, what we did and why we did it. It's it feels so natural and organic to the mind, body, green identity and and audience. Yeah, I definitely think we did. I think we nailed it personally. And to go off of that, let's let's rewind b- before the pandemic started, if that's possible. And <laughs> was there a time before the pandemic? <laughs> right. um, but let's rewind to that moment when we wanted to start a personal care line. What was the decision behind starting with body care? Why, why not the face? Sure. You know, this is something that we definitely thought a lot about internally. And, you know, the face gets so much of the attention. I, I say this quite a bit in my writing, and I'm going to say it again here. The face does get so much attention, and and honestly, deservedly so. It It's a very delicate area of skin. It is the area of skin that we put out into the world that people view us by, that people sometimes judge us by. And so it, it makes sense that people do put extra effort into it, right? You know, that's that makes sense to me. I get that. But your skin is so much broader and so much more important and has so many more roles than just the aesthetic part of it. Your skin is literally your living shield that protects you from the outside world and keeps all of the good stuff in. Like that is its job. It is an organ with a job. And when you remove the organ from its function, that's when you start to get into all of these, you know, like all of the things that we do for aesthetic reasons. 
People can definitely do what they want to make themselves look better. That's that's totally fine. But that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to go after something that was going to heal the skin at its most basic level and help it at its most fundamental level. So when you think about that as the the start and the the decision as to why we decided to start a beauty brand, it makes sense that we decided to start on the body. Because if you're talking about skin on its most basic level, that its its purpose and its function is to act as a living shield, then of course you want to focus on the body. That's obviously where you're getting the most surface area out of the body. That is, you know, the most real estate of skin. You know, the face is only a small portion of of the organ, right? The organ covers your entire self. And so we wanted to give something that was going to focus on the entirety of the skin. And, 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 And in that, it's better to do its intended purpose and to act as that shield and to protect you and to to nurture you. And so that's kind of why we decided to start with body. And then of course, you know, I there is that aspect to it that we are mind body green. You know, we are people who are coming to help our audience with with our overall health whether it be su- through supplements, through movement, you know, through all of these body-oriented things. And so, you know, it made sense to create a product that was going to address the body. And 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 so, you know, starting there, it, it, it made the most sense for us. That's not to say that the face is off limits forever. Obviously, we have a lip balm, which technically falls into facial care. But, you know, because of the intended purpose of our beauty line, we wanted to make sure that, you know, it was addressing the largest part of the skin. Totally. And I remember you gave this one great tip about a high quality hand cream that if you are feeling extra dry throughout the day, you could theoretically just tap it onto the corners of your eyes if you wanted to. And you can do that with ours. So yeah, I mean, I, I hesitate to give this advice for for the mass population just because everyone's skin is different and like you should always spot test. However, I use our cream as a night cream sometimes. Like it's that good. And listen, I I used to break out. I don't really have acneic skin or acne prone skin anymore. It's definitely gotten drier as I've gotten older. I, I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you are somebody who has acne just because there are, you know, we use more occlusive ingredients that might, you know, cause, um, issues for acne prone skin but you know I have really dry skin right now and sometimes I literally will use it as a night mask and I'm comfortable doing that because I know my skin type and I know my skin very very well but I also know the formula and I know that we didn't put any junk in this like it's it is so good it is such a good cream that like I I am not afraid to put it on my own face. Like I said, I I definitely caution everyone out there to know their own skin before they would ever do something like that. Not just for our hand cream, but for any cream out there, you know, definitely know how, how your face reacts to products before you would ever do something like that. Hey guys, just gonna jump in here to add another caveat to this tip. Always, always, always use fragrance free products on your face. So our hand cream is fragrance free. However, 
A lot of other hand creams out there do contain fragrances for a sensorial appeal. Certainly, I love fragrances. I personally wear fragrance every day. I also love body creams and hand creams that do have fragrances. So I am not somebody who shies away from fragrance by any means. However, fragrance should never be by the delicate facial area. The skin on your face is more sensitive. It's also thinner in areas and it's also touching delicate regions like the eyes and the mouth. Your body, on the other hand, has thicker skin, so it usually fares better with fragrances if you decide to use them. Now, everybody's opinions on fragranced products is totally different. Some people always stay away from them because they just can't tolerate fragrance ingredients. Some people are totally fine with them and love the process of applying a scented body lotion or hand cream. Wherever you fall into that spectrum, that is totally up to you and totally fine however you decide to use fragrances within your life. However, I just want to point out here that if you are using a fragranced hand cream, definitely don't put that on your face. But you know, at the end of the day, like hydrators are hydrators. And if you have a high quality hydrator, it doesn't matter like if you're putting it on your elbow or your forearm or, you know, your face. A lot of that stuff can be a little bit interchangeable. So you mentioned some of the high quality occlusives that we use. You mentioned antioxidants and postbiotics. To go more specifically into that, what are some of the star ingredients in the formulas that are the workhorses of the formulas, if you will? Sure. You know, so obviously the star of the show is the postbiotic. And I'll spend a little bit of time chatting about it just because I do think it's a newer ingredient that not a lot of people know. And so, you know, we definitely want to to give that some some breathing room. So postbiotics are the key outputs from bacteria. Basically what happens is the organisms that live on your skin. And when you're talking about skincare specifically, there are a few different types of postbiotics. You know, you might see things that are paraprobiotics. So basically these are just dead or non-living organisms. So basically they just, they take bacteria that would be found on your skin, they kill it and they put it in a formula. Those aren't super great for topical formulations. You know, there I've seen some evidence that they might be good for supplement and, and you know, and there is some evidence that they, that they can have beneficial effects for the skin, but they're just not, they're not the top of the line for postbiotics, right? And then there are things called lysates. Lysates are what you take when you have a, a probiotic and then you kind of cut it up. So it's just like fragments of, these, of the uh, cell membrane from the probiotic. These are a little bit better than a paraprobiotic for, for topical formulations, but these are actually kind of hard to reproduce in mass. And so they're not super popular in the topical space just because, you know, for topicals, you do have to produce in mass, right? Like, unless you're just doing like tiny small batch orders, it doesn't really make sense. So we use this incredibly high-tech and very specific postbiotic that is, one, it's you can reproduce it in mass and they're all identical, which means that, you know, the, the postbiotics that we're making in one hand cream is going to be the exact same postbiotics that exist in another hand cream. That doesn't necessarily exist with paraprobiotics or lysates. You might get like different variations depending on the batch. Ours is the same no matter what batch so that's one aspect. So you have quality and consistent quality, which is important for, for anything. The next thing about this is they are highly targeted. 
So the thing about postbiotics is there, there are a lot of postbiotics out there. So postbiotics can be things like peptides, right? Medium, short-chain, long-chain peptides, any of those. There's, you know, there's obviously multiple chains and types of peptides out there. And so we have a type of peptide that is, it's a medium chain and it is, you know, it's incredible for skin inflammation and it is incredible as in emulsions and it's, it's incredible for, you know, tending to sensitive skin. And then also, you know, you'll have biosurfactants and fatty acids. And so basically the, the postbiotics that we are putting in our formula, they're all specifically chosen and targeted because the research has shown that these specific postbiotics do help with those things that I just mentioned, with sensitivity, with, you know, surface level inflammation, with things like epidermal framework reconstruction, with dermal density. You know, there's evidence that they do help with fine lines and, you know, helping helping with anti-aging claims. So basically they're just that's a lot of science jargon. And I, I apologize to anybody who is not interested in science because I basically just like dumped uh, <laughs> so much jargon on you. So to, to to condense it down for people who who don't find that interesting is these are the highest quality and some of the most innovative biotic ingredients on the market right now. I mean, these were developed by a university and like a top university in Milan. Like this is high tech stuff that is selected for very specific skin concerns. And and it's just really exciting to be able to to be able to use this. Like I feel when I talk about it, I, I obviously get really excited just because it's 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 such incredible innovation. And it really just shows how exciting the microbiome space is and 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 how much work can be done in this space and you know how much more we we still have to come. Like there's just so much research evolving in this space. And and it just it, it gets me so, so excited just because, you know, these are so high tech and they are so innovative and it just it it makes me so happy talking about them just because I know how good they are for the skin and I know how much work went into creating them and the research behind it. You know, it's just it's really, really exciting. And so that's that's obviously the star of the show. But, you know, no, no lotion is good without good butters and lipids and oils. You know, so we have shea butter. We have moringa seed oil. We have um Oh, and humectants. We have, you know, organic aloe vera. We have oat oil, which is also great for sensitive skin. You know, we have these uh, swaline, uh, olive-dried swaline. You know, we have these things that are just so incredible and really help make a really beautiful texture for, for both the body lotion and hand cream. And and then we have some antioxidants, of course. I, I think every product should have an antioxidant in it. No reason you shouldn't be loading up on antioxidants for your skin. And so, you know, we use a stable form of QQ10, which is an antioxidant your skin, your body makes naturally. Um, it is a fat-soluble antioxidant. So it works so, so well with, you know, the oils and the butters and the lipids in, in the product. And it, you know, it helps fight oxidative stress. It um, helps with, you know, cell membrane paradoxi 
oxidation is, I think, how you pronounce it, which is basically just the breaking down of cell membranes. You know, it, it helps stop that. It does loads of other stuff, you know, including like brightening skin and fighting fight lines and all of those concerns that people might have. And then it also has this fruit complex that uses, you know, apples, stem cells. It uses watermelon extract. It uses lentil extract. And you know, that it just comes loaded with just so many beautiful antioxidants and that, that come with a trove of benefits, you know, from things, again, like brightening and fine lines to to helping with sensitive skin and, you know, and dry skin, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, you know, we have a, a really great preservative system. It's an all-natural EcoCert preservative system that is, again, super innovative. It is the best natural preservative system on the market. And if a better one comes along, then we'll switch to it. But in the meantime, we're using the highest quality preservative you can find, you know, so there's there's no issues there. And then, yeah, I think those are those are all the high quality talking points that I have for you. <laughs> well, someone who gets equally excited about all the science jargon, it really it really fascinates me how we use just these really cutting edge ingredients and also some just tried and true lipids and oils and butters that this really makes such a well-rounded formula. It really is great. Well, thank you for saying that. But, you know, I know you've obviously tried these and you have mentioned earlier in the podcast that texture is so important. You are such a texture queen. Like, I feel like you gravitate towards anything that you like, like the texture of. So, you know, we, we definitely spend a lot of time talking about texture and in these formulations. And I know you were a part of the testing process, you know, way back in the day when these when these formulations were just just starting out. And, you know, I know you tried it. So I'm curious, you know, like, can you explain the texture for people? Because, you know, I know that there's probably a lot of people out there who who love texture just as much as you do and don't want to buy a product that they don't love the feel of, you know? Totally. I I'm such a texture person, as you said. And yeah, you saying that just made me realize how much of a texture person I really am. Like I'm now thinking about this wellness piece I wrote about how texture is the new taste with food, just because with people who have lost their taste and smell to COVID, I feel like I predicted that texture would be way more important with food. But anyway, I am a texture person and the hand cream texture is definitely unmatched. I was raving about it as soon as I tried it. If something is at all sticky or slimy or leaves a weird film, I will not use it. And this hand cream honestly sinks in in about three seconds flat, but it also feels so, so hydrating. So you're kind of getting the best worlds here where you you can just slide it on whenever you want. You can type on your computer. It won't leave any sort of greasiness on your keyboard. You you won't drop your keys when you're trying to use them. You you can really just go about your life. And I feel like I would use other hand creams only at night when I was in bed, just because that was the time when I wasn't using my hands. And that was the time when I can just really revel in hydration and get all of those benefits that I so desperately needed because my hands get super dry in the winter. But during the daytime, I wouldn't use a hand cream just because of the texture. I didn't enjoy it um, until this one. I really, really, really cannot say enough good things about it. And I feel like the other reviewers on the site do as well. That's a very big talking point for it. Well, we definitely spent so much time trying to perfect that hand cream texture and getting your stamp of approval is 
you know, that definitely means a lot to me because I know, like I said, you are the texture gal. So, you know, we have so much exciting down the line and I can't wait to share more information when I can. Uh, for now, I'll leave it as a little teaser for the audience. But just know that everything that we're going to put out is so innovative and so high quality and we put in so, so, so much thought and effort into each formula. So, you know, anything that we have coming up in the future, just know that how much care and effort went into its creation. But for our last little section, you know, Jamie and I just wanted to take some time and answer a few questions that we've been getting lately from, from our friends, from our readers, from our staff, our fellow staff, and and chat about them because, you know, we spend so much time researching all this stuff and talking about all this stuff and writing about all this stuff. So, you know, it's it's sometimes fun to get these questions and, and get to share our information with everybody. So the first question that I am going to start with is, what is the best piece of advice that you got last year that you will take in to this year? Jamie, do you have an answer ready? I do. I actually have two, if that's okay. okay. We have one Perfect. practical tip and one more general beauty advice tip. The practical one is a tip I got during a brow tint, actually, with Ozzy Sachs. She was doing my brows, and I have very, very sensitive brows and brow hairs. And she told me to stick to a brow powder rather than using a brow pencil, just because the powder will deposit really, really soft. It will have a really soft application and the brow pencils, even with really soft waxes on sensitive brows, it can grab the hairs and yank them out. So this year, I'm definitely going to stick to brow powder and be nice to my poor sparse brows. And then the more general beauty advice, it's actually advice that I've known, but I still need to remind myself every once in a while. It was an advice, piece of advice I got from Kira Barr, a dermatologist that you and I both love. And it was when I interviewed her for the Mother's Day article that we did this year. And I asked her about something she wanted, a piece of advice she wanted to instill in her own daughter, a piece of skincare advice. And she said that your skin is the big, your biggest teacher and what shows up on the skin is information. And it's so profound just because I feel like I can get caught up in feeling angry at my skin if I have a breakout, if I have irritation. And rather than berating my skin and getting angry at why this is happening and the aesthetics of it all, get curious about your skin. Why is this happening? What's What could be going on in your life? What could be the root of the issue? Because not only will you will you get to that root of the issue faster and then and then solve the issue and quicker, but the stress from all that negativity can literally cause an inflammatory response, which can create more issues down the line. So a little beauty tip reminder that I just need every once in a while is to just be nice to your skin, get curious about it rather than berating it. I love that. I love Dr. Barr. That's so sweet. And I loved that story that we did. That was so fun. Yeah, so beautiful. How about you? So... I would say for a very practical one, I on a recent episode that I did with Alexandra, that makeup artist who who was so lovely. You know, we we talked about a a lot of 
her best makeup tips and skincare prep. And she mentioned that she only ever puts concealer on the very most inner part of the eye. And then she like blends it down and a little bit out, but mainly just, you know, kind of right there. And I have gotten in the habit because I I have really, really dark circles. I just like, I always have, even as a kid, I like looked at like the most tired child in existence because I just always have dark circles. And so I would always put on a lot of concealer under, under my eyes. But, you know, I, as I've gotten older, my eyes have gotten so dry and, you know, I am starting to develop fine lines. And so then I started running into the problem of, oh God, well now I'm getting creases under here. And like, now this is annoying. And I, so I could never really find find the balance. And, you know, she just said, I, I only stick to the inner corners of the eye. I gently blend down and blend out. And I, I started doing it. And, you know, I, I still have, you still see those dark circles come through, which I, I've just come to accept that that's my lot in life. But, you know, I, I'm not getting those creases that I was experiencing. And, and so I definitely want to start doing that. That's going to be my new like concealer go-to routine. And, you know, it's it's also just like a good reminder that, you know, as as your skin changes, as you get older, it's okay to change your routine to reflect that. And I am somebody who sticks to a very like basic makeup routine. Like I'm hardly ever like trying anything new. And so I feel like my my makeup routine has definitely got stuck in a rut. And it's definitely this thing that I've just been doing the same thing for the past like like decade. And it's, it was kind of like a wake up call that I'm just like, OK, your skin is changing. You're changing. You know, it's it's OK to refresh your makeup routine as you go to to address your new skin. And that's that's kind of it. I kind of feel like you. I'm giving a makeup tip. Well, I'm a fellow member of the Dark Circles as a Child Club. And yeah, I feel like people were probably like, does this kid work a nine to five? What's going mm-hmm. on? <laughs> Literally. I love that tip, though. I actually started doing that, too, after listening to the episode. Yeah. You know, and was there that, like, trend recently where, like, like dark circles were, like, yeah. chic? So, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I have mine naturally. So, <laughs> okay. So, next question is, what is one beauty goal that you are going to really try to stick to this year? Okay, so this year I really want to focus on hair health. I feel like I'm very, very meticulous with my skincare routine, but then I can get a little lax with my hair routine. Like waiting 10 minutes with a hair mask marinating on my head is not enjoyable. It does not sound enjoyable to me, even though me and my hair probably need it. And my hair is pretty long and naturally very wavy, so it gets dry and tangled very easily. So my wash days already take quite a bit of time, but I definitely just want to prioritize hair health and just give it the extra love it needs this year. So actually doing regular masks and scalp massages and yeah, all of the good hair health techniques. Well, I'd say mine is, so recently we did this article by the by a freelance writer of ours Dorian Garcia Smith and it was all about improving your complexion and addressing dullness and it was just a, a really long and robust article about all the things you can do to improve your complexion and in it 
there was a really cute quote about skincare snacks. And basically the idea of it is an esthetician mentioned that every day you should eat three skincare snacks. And so, you know, that's consuming something that is good for your skin, you know, so that can be things like pomegranate seeds, blueberries, fatty acids, like an avocado, using olive oil in your salad for the dressing, you know, things that that can address skin health. And I thought that was so cute. And I am somebody who can like definitely default into like I like less than ideal midday snack. I am somebody who has a hard time saying no to an indulgent midday snack. And so I feel like this is like a good reminder as a beauty gal to be like, okay, instead of reaching for something that isn't necessarily great for you, like, you know, go go grab some blueberries and, you know, have that be your little skin snack for the day. And I just thought that was like a fun way to view food. Especially for somebody who, like myself, who is such a skincare freak that I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be what gets me to eat healthier in the middle of the day. I love that. Love that. I feel like my drinking water goal this year also counts as a skin skincare drink. I, I think so too. But you can definitely file that under your skincare goal. All right. So we get so many questions about dry skin. It is something that clearly a lot of people are dealing with in our audience. And also just, you know, I feel like all of my friends are definitely at this age where we're just dealing with dry skin so much more than we ever have been. And so I am constantly looking for hydration hacks. So the question specifically is, how do you keep lasting hydration during winter? And this is something that I definitely deal with. You know, I I start the day and I apply my face cream. And especially if I'm like going into the office or something, I feel like by like 5 p.m., my skin is so dehydrated. I am so dry. Like it really feels like my face is like flaking off and so tight. And I just... I totally relate to this question. I I absolutely have this problem. And, you know, while I still do struggle with it, like I haven't found the absolute perfect solution. What I have found is, you know, being intentional with the types of hydrators that I use in the morning. And what I mean by this is hydrating facial products, uh, they all have different weights and they all address different layers of the skin, right? You know, you have a hyaluronic acid serum that uses, you know, really small molecules of hyaluronic acid that are meant to penetrate, you know, deep, deeper into the epidermis. And then, you know, you might have another type of serum that is a little bit thicker and a little bit more bouncy and uses larger molecules that aren't aren't diving as deep. And then you have like light lotions and water lotions and water balms that are these really splashy and lightweight face creams that you know, they, they are definitely hydrating, but they aren't necessarily occlusive in nature. And then you have really, really thick, buttery balms and creams that um, really do create that nice, like, facial shield, right? So especially in the winter, I, you know, I definitely don't do this every day and I don't do it in summer, but in the winter, I am very intentional with how I layer these products because, and, and the types of products I'm using. So, you know, I wake up and I splash my face with some water so you know it's nice and damp and then you know I go in and I put on a grown alchemist their HA serum and that's going to just drive those humectants deep down into my skin and you know it's going to bind that damp water right there and you know definitely like you want those humectants like 
right on that damp skin. So they have something to grab onto and take into your epidermis, right? And then, you know, I'll go on with a a, a lighter lotion, a water balm. You know, I, I love Tatcha's, their, their lightest balm. They have, it's just such like a beautiful, beautiful texture. I think it's called like the water cream or something similar. And, you know, it's a, it's a much lighter weight lotion. Burt's Bees has another like really great one. It's their it's part of the glowing skin collection, the, and it's the the day cream. It also has like the super, super light, bouncy, watery texture that is so light and so lovely. But then, you know, I don't stop there. I'll go in and I will put on a, a thicker, heavier cream, you know. So in this instance, I'm often using a night cream, something that is super, super occlusive, something that is going to really, really trap in everything that you just put on it. You know, I... Savor Beauty's, their truffle cream is heaven. It is to die for. It is perfect. I I cannot recommend it enough. I am so obsessed with it. So that's usually the one that I recommend to people if they want something that is like super, super dense. And then if I really, really need it, I'll top even all that with an oil. And, you know, I'll pick just like a super, super basic oil, like even just like an organic jojoba oil. I'll use, if I'm feeling like super fancy, I'll use like Vintner's Daughter because, you know, obviously obsessed with that. And you know, so I use these products and it sounds like I'm using it a lot and I am, but they're all very simple. They're all great for sensitive skin. They're not using, you know, super harsh actives. They're all using very hydrating, simple ingredients. And then you, you layer them in a way that you're creating this just like, it's like a cushiony, like layered cake of hydration for your skin. And, you know, I find that it definitely helps keep my skin hydrated throughout the day. And, you know, so it's just about being intentional with with the products you're using and how you're using them and adding in different layers when you need to. Like I said, I don't do that every day, but on days where I feel really dry, I definitely will. Okay, so we have another one about masks as they are coming back in full force. So what are your tips for keeping maskne at bay? I'm going to let you answer this one. So take it away. Awesome. So maskne, she's back. I think, first of all, the type of mask we're using, I think really does make a difference. Germs have said that they love using 100% cotton masks just because cotton absorbs the sweat and oils and saliva way better than other, other materials. And it's also a softer material, which won't cause as much friction on the skin because as we know, mask knee is not just about breakouts. It's also about the friction around the mouth that can cause irritation. So that's one tip just to check, check which kind of mask you're using and then obviously clean it regularly. I like to have a few on rotation just so I don't have to wash it each time. Just making sure you're not using a dirty mask regularly is the key. And then some people swear by spraying a bit of toner in the mask, a bit of exfoliating toner or purifying toner, just just a little spray and make sure it completely dries and absorbs into the cotton fibers just so you're not putting a wet mask on your face because that can exacerbate the issue. And then if I have an active breakout under my mask, I will put on an acne patch or a zit sticker, whatever you call them, just so it's not like festering under there, like with under the mask and getting worse. So that's one tip that I really like using. And then I also try not to wear makeup under the mask if I can. Obviously, if I'm going out and and wearing a mask, it's, it, I will I'll wear makeup. But if I don't have to, or if I'm just going grocery shopping or whatever, I'll usually 
just skip it or and then put it on an FB patch on any active breakouts just to further protect the area. But yeah, that's pretty much it. My mask me tips. But ultimately, if breakouts do happen, there's a lot you can do after the fact and a lot of spot treatments and exfoliation and what have you to prevent them. And it, nothing is more important than not wearing the mask when you're supposed to. So those are my two cents. Okay, last but not least, what is your desert island beauty grab? Do you have one ready? I do, and you can probably guess what it's going to be. A cream blush. It's a cream blush. Uh, <laughs> I said I'm a blush girl, and especially a cream blush just because you can put it on your cheeks, your eyes, your lips, and it re- it instantly warms up the face. Like, no matter what shade you're using, it, it's just something that adds a little liveliness to your complexion. And yeah, even if I'm just in my apartment at home, if I pop on a little blush, I just, I feel a little bit more animated, even on Zoom. And yeah, I think it just adds a lot of life to the face. How about you, Alex? Well, I think that mine has to be a tie between the body lotion and hand cream. I obviously just, you know, I love what we've created. I use it every day. I have been using it every day for the past two years since we started formulating what would become our our final product. And then, you know, on top of that, I feel like all I use for all of my body care are the things that are coming down the pipeline. So I'm definitely cheating at this point. I am mentioning far more than one product, but whatever. I'll, it's all the same brand. So maybe yeah. maybe that allows me to cheat. But that's definitely mine. But if I had to mention something that was not a Mind Body Green product, I would probably say a hair mask. I have incredibly dry hair and I live and die by a good hair mask. I am constantly just like powering through hair masks because I have long hair and I use them so frequently and I I coat my hair with them. I am currently using the one from JVN, Jonathan Van Nass's new line, which I find to be totally delightful. Sometimes celebrity brands are hit and miss, often misses, and this one is a hit. I totally love it, and I am so obsessed with with the hair mask. So that would be my other say outside of my own products. <laughs> I have to try that one for my new beauty goal. Oh, my God. It's so good, Jamie. I'm obsessed with it. Well, this was such a fun episode. I hope to have you back to, you know, chat about upcoming stuff that we have and, you know, kind of go through questions. I think this was a ton of fun, and I, I am sure that all of our listeners appreciate all of your fun advice. And I, to anybody listening, you know, definitely devour all of Jamie's articles because she is a, an absolute star and has great tips. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'm so excited I could be on. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.